And that's our prayer tonight, that God's word would take root in us so that we would have that assurance of the joys of heaven that are with us today and always. Amen. Well, a blessed Ash Wednesday to all of you, and I want to start out by telling you a true story. There were a group of Chinese people huddled in a basement room, and they gathered around some packages, some suitcases that had just been delivered to them. Finally, they got up the nerve to see what was inside, and they opened the zipper of the suitcases, and tears started streaming down their faces, and they had muted shouts of joy. This was something that they had been hoping for and yearning for their whole lives, and now they had what was the most important thing that they could ever have. One lady, she, she dove into the suitcase and grabbed what would soon be hers would be her own personal book. And along with that, all the others dove in and got what would be their personal book as well. What were they, what were they so excited about? It's a book that we often take for granted, that often collects dust on our shelves, but it's a book that gives life. It's a book that leads us to Jesus. It's a book that God still uses as the sword of his spirit to fight off Satan, but then to expose the truth of God's word and life and salvation to us. What, what, was it, what do you think was in the suitcases? Yeah, they were Bibles. And so tonight, as we begin our 40-day journey that we call Lent, excluding the Sundays, we too are so excited about God's word. Because it's the basis of who we are and what we are about. As part of our Lenten journey, each Wednesday, we're going to be recalling parts of Martin Luther's sermons that he preached during Lent. Now, many of you know that this year is the 500th anniversary of the Reformation. 1517, uh, October, was when Luther nailed the 95 Theses onto the, the Schlosskirche, the castle church door. Well, it was a few years later, in 1534, that he preached a sermon to his congregants at St. Mary's. That was the town church in Wittenberg. And there, as he spoke to them, he said, Friends, I would rather starve to death from hunger, from not having bread or any kind of food, rather than to starve myself from the Word of God. That's how important it is. We are a church of the word. We are people of the word. And so tonight we want to just review exactly kind of what that means for us. And let me begin by asking you a question. When's the last time you've been hangry? Yeah, you heard me. Hangry. You know how it is. You start out early in the morning and uh, you're, you're in such a hurry that you, you get out of the house without breakfast. And you get to work, and you just get all bound up in things, and, and you're so nervous about the deadline that you have, and pretty soon, lunch goes by. And then about 3 o'clock, there's these guttural sounds that start coming from your stomach. You are hungry. But how does that hunger show itself? Someone walks in the office that you're not expecting, wants a little bit of your time, and you snap at them, Okay. Not only are you hungry, but now you're angry. In fact, you are hangry, right? 
when we starve ourselves from the Word of God, it's possible for us to be spiritually hangry. It has an impact on us, and it's not just our bodies, but it has an impact on our relationships. It has an impact also on our relationship with God when we starve ourselves from the Word of God. Starvation from from God's means of grace, the Holy Scriptures, can cause us to lash out at other people because without God's presence in our life, we, we naturally just live for ourselves. It's all about me. And that can show in the way that you deal with family members, friends, the way that you treat people at work. It crosses all parts of our lives. Neglecting the word of God causes us to look for meaning and joy and happiness in things that God never intended for us. And so we start searching for meaning in stuff and we get more things and we make more money and we go more places. But in the end, it doesn't satisfy us. It doesn't satisfy the spiritual gnawing that, that we have in our stomachs for peace with God and to know that we are loved and we are forgiven. In the end, spiritual starvation, just like Martin Luther said for our souls, is a far more serious malady than the lack of food for our stomachs. Let's go back to the children of Israel. You know, they were miraculously freed from their slavery at the hand of the Egyptians. And finally, after the ten plagues and the last one, finally Pharaoh relented, and remember he said, go, but then he changed his mind and he chased them and, and, and they were miraculously saved as, as Pharaoh and his men were drowned in the Red Sea. But it wasn't long after they were in the wilderness that they started to get hungry. And not only did they get hungry, but they got hangry. Okay. And they got angry and hungry at, at Moses, their leader, and they they, they, they defiled him. They called him all sorts of things. And not only that, but then they started grumbling against God too. And they didn't trust in him that God would really take care of them. And then they started picking on each other. That's what happens when you get hangry. Spiritually hungry and angry at the same time. But God still loved them, didn't he? And he provided for them. In fact, God provided food that they were able to pick off the ground. You remember what it was called? It was called manna, right? Did that satisfy? Well, it did for a while. And then they started complaining some more and grumbling more. And so God then sent them meat, the quail. But they still grumbled. And yet God was so gracious to them and still loved them and assured them of the promise of the land that awaited them and a promise for a Savior that one day would be given through the Israelite seed. God is like that for us too. He knows our hangriness. He knows that we are hungry so often and we seek to to satisfy ourselves with the wrong things and it causes us to be angry and lots of other things. But God still loves us. You know, today is Ash Wednesday, the beginning of our 40-day spiritual journey. And many people in Christianity give up things for Lent. And maybe you've tried this before. You've given up desserts or you've given up alcohol. One person told me today that, that, that they're really sacrificing. Uh, they're giving up Facebook, okay, for, for lunch. And that's okay. I'm not belittling that. 
But I'm going to challenge each one of us, rather than giving up something for Lent, let's add something to our lives for this spiritual journey, these 40 days. Here's what I would ask you to do. I would ask you to make a commitment this evening to spending time every day in Lent with God. That you would have a devotional time with Him. Uh, on the back of your, of your worship folder, it tells you about the devotional books that we have to provide for you. And there's a scripture passage and, and some meaningful words and a prayer. If that's it, that takes about five minutes. Maybe you're already doing this, but I would ask you to spend even more of an earnest time with God. That you feast on Him and His grace for you as given to you in His Word. That lights up your path. That, that, it, it, that assures you of God's love and forgiveness. So we take it in. You know, remember how Jesus fed the 5,000 on the, on the hillside? Remember how he multiplied the loaves and the fishes and everyone got enough to eat? Do you know what happened later in John chapter 6? Jesus was on the other side of the, the Sea of Galilee and the same people followed him. What do you think they wanted? They wanted another free meal. But instead of a free meal, this is what Jesus said to them. Listen to this. He says, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me will never be hungry. And he who believes in me will never be thirsty. Now, how could Jesus say that? He could say it because he was true man and he was true God. And as God, he could do something that we could, he could hunger and thirst for righteousness in a way that we could not. He lived a perfect, sinless life. And then what did he do when he was about 33 years old? On a Friday that we call good. He took the sins of the entire world and the punishment for that sin upon himself. He could only do that as true God and true man. And there he suffered in our place. We know that he defeated Satan. The third day he rose again. That's why Jesus is the bread of life. That's why we can make a commitment to him and his word. That's why we want to feast in him. Because it changes your life. It changes your relationship with God to know every day that he's with you, that he loves you. And that no matter what you're going through, that Jesus is there with his peace to calm you down and assure you of, of your everlasting salvation. And then it also affects the way that we treat others. That as we put on the Lord Jesus in his word, we then treat others the way that Jesus treats others, with kindness, with respect, with compassion. And so I'm asking you to make this commitment, that you spend time with God every day, even if it's just five minutes. And I'm going to ask you to do something. We don't normally do that. Uh, take out the connection card. If you are willing to join me in this journey, if you're willing to spend time with God, and you're gonna, it, it starts with a commitment that you do that, I'd like for you to take the connection card, and at the top is a cross where it says Cornerstone Lutheran. Would you just circle that? And I know some of you are going to doodle and you're going to make artwork out of this. That's okay. <laughs> I saw some of the cards that were turned in uh, today, and I had amens on there and all sorts of neat stuff on there. But that's, that's good. But just... Circle. You don't even have to put your name if you don't want to, but it shows that you are committed. 
and that you're making a commitment tonight to the Lord and to feast and to hunger and thirst for him and his word. For Jesus says, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me will never go hungry. He who believes in me will never be thirsty. And along with that, that lady who grabbed her Bible and smelled it and hugged it and started paging through it right away, along with her we say, this Lord is what we need the most. Amen? Amen. May the peace of God which passes human understanding keep our hearts and our minds in Christ and in his word. Amen.